my name is Annie Fitzsimmons. I'm an editor at Afar Media, and I'm talking to you today from my dining room in London during the COVID-19 global pandemic. It's so nice to be talking to you today. I feel like I'm talking to a huge extended network of friends. There is no industry like the luxury travel industry, and I'm so happy to be a part of it. Today, I'm talking to Winston Chesterfield, founder of Barton Consulting, who in partnership with ILTM released a very detailed report about the incredible impact the $2.05 trillion luxury travel universe has on jobs, economies, and people around the world. I'll introduce him in just a minute. I've been obsessed with the luxury travel industry for many years. In the past few weeks, we have seen it, which is so much more than a job to many of us, become completely devastated by the effects of the virus. It feels like a very bad movie. I hope our time today gives you hope and optimism for the recovery, but mostly shows just how important our jobs and industry really is. Do we realize just how powerful even a single luxury travel trip is? If luxury travel was a country, it would rank in the top 10 of global economies. I don't think we give ourselves credit for just how huge that is. Imagine the massive multiplying effect of a single luxury travel trip and the vast web of people it supports. And as we'll talk about today, the luxury travel industry is all about people, and we are seeing how connected we are more than ever. So we'll talk about that massive 2.05 trillion number, but that number provides a living for many millions of business owners, mostly small businesses around the world. We are talking about luxury hotels, yes, but also restaurants and food, museums, sports, theaters, dance, culture, safaris, you know, basically all of those wonderful things that make life worth living. They are run by people, by moms and dads and brothers and sisters who are experiencing devastating economic effects right now. Local economies are dependent on luxury travelers and the world grinding to a halt is an enormous impact. It's almost impossible to grasp how big. All of travel, of course, is key to the distribution of wealth across the globe, and the future of the luxury travel industry is vital. We will get through this. There's no other option. Luxury travelers in particular will not stay at home forever. They are desperate to travel, and many of them are postponing, not canceling. But we will certainly see a shift in post-coronavirus travel. True luxury has never been about the thread count of sheets or the private plunge pool, though of course none of us would refuse those beautiful, fun aspects of luxury travel. True luxury is freedom of movement, which we realize more than ever today. Safety, slow travel, mental health and wellness, and connection to people. It's knowing that we are not alone, and that incredible privilege of taking a luxury trip supports the lives of nearly 106 million people. So let me introduce Winston Chesterfield, the founder of Barton Consulting, which specializes in strategy and research for the luxury sector. Thank you so much for being here today, Winston. Thanks very much for having me. So let's first talk about the enormity of the luxury travel market. How do you measure what a luxury traveler is and how many of them are there? We have to define a luxury traveler by their ability to engage in the luxury travel space consistently. And so high net worth individuals are the proxy for that. They contribute a huge amount of spend towards luxury travel totally. Um, so when we define what a luxury traveler is, they're very um, very much defined by their ability to spend, um, which is based on their wealth level. Now you pulled some enormous numbers about how many people work in the travel industry. Can you talk a little bit about that? So there's around 105.9 million individuals who work directly in the travel industry, and that's across the top 
50 most visited countries alone. So there's a lot more countries beyond that. Um, but those individuals work for, um, for example, in hospitality, for hotels and lodging. They might work for airlines. Some of them work in transportation, um, tourism transportation, and things like that. Oh, and travel agencies are also included. Um, that group of people is, is almost 106 million strong. Wow. And, and that's across all travel. But when we look at luxury travel in itself, we've got to imagine that luxury travel isn't just about the hotels. It isn't just about the airlines. It isn't just about the transportation, the logistics of getting around when you're traveling. It's about the experiences you have when you're there. And so in addition to this, there's around 62 million individuals in the world who are employed within the ecosystem of activities. Um, and those activities range from the likes of food and drink, so going to restaurants and bars, um, to cultural activities, going to museums, attending sporting events, um, and such like. Um, and so if you add those two together, that creates uh, essentially a, a, a much larger group of people who are impacted by um, uh, the loss of travellers travelling. Yeah, so what we're really talking about right now is just a, a devastating impact on millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of people that are related to, of course, travel as a whole, but luxury travel holds a lot of that up. Exactly. We have um, a, a big problem here in that a huge chunk of the revenue that comes to these businesses um, is in not being domestic, but being international. Um, and of that, you, we have to understand that there, is a, there are some countries involved here that are much more heavily reliant on the international traveller than other countries. So, for example, there are some countries outside of the top 20 countries in the world um, in terms of economic size and GDP. Um, those countries that are much more reliant upon tourism will suffer greatly because of the loss of international travellers. Um, and many of those countries will not be able to offer employment protection um, for the, the individuals that work in those, in those industries uh, because those countries, many of those countries are not able to afford it. It's, it's really a, a very small percentage, it's around 27% of um, the, the countries in the world, the top 86 countries in the world, um, that are able to provide any kind of cover for employees. So we have to imagine the, the, the vast bulk of the countries out there are just simply not able to shore up and provide protection for people working in these industries in the absence of travelers traveling and spreading their wealth in this way. Right. I mean, we're seeing stories like from Denmark, right, where they're covering 75% of salaries and it's just not the case, right, for the majority of the world that relies on travel and tourism. Yeah. Of the top 15 G20 countries, this is not just the, um, this is not just the, uh, the you know, the, the, the main spread of, of, of countries, this is the top 15 G20, there's only a third providing that employment protection um, for those that are self-isolating, not able to work. I mean, you also had a really interesting stat about how, you know, more than 90% of the businesses in the luxury travel ecosystem are small businesses. So it's not just the airlines and the cruise lines, right? It's, it's small mom and pop businesses at the heart of this. We need to remember about the ecosystem. This is not a, you know, a, a group of global corporates um, involved here. These are small local businesses. And when we're talking about local, we don't just mean national. We often mean regional um, and sometimes just based on the city location themselves. Um, these people don't run international organizations. Uh, they run a sole shop. Um, and a lot of these individuals, particularly in the countries that are lower down in terms of the economic pecking order, um, 
they are very, very reliant on that business. Um, they don't have any alternative except that business. That business is relied upon every single year to uh, bring them wealth and, and put food on the table for their families. Um, so those individuals, the small businesses who are very reliant upon that, they're the ones set to lose the most from this. Absolutely. And, you know, we're talking about the economic impact, but of course, there's also a huge mental impact for people that don't have work and who are used to, you know, their their jobs and lives um, going on as normal. So that also is, of course, at risk. You know, you do, you talk about how luxury travel would rank in the top 10 of global economies, and it's just over half the size of the enormous global car industry. You know, what would some of the other economies be to give people a comparison? What we found is actually the, the global luxury travel universe, um, as we've called it, um, actually ranks quite high up there and towers over some other discretionary industries. So for example, if we take global fashion retail um, as an entire global industry, that industry is worth about $1.3 trillion dollars. And if we take consumer electronics, so the entire consumer electronics industry, which is everything from Samsung TVs to Apple iPhones, is worth just over a trillion dollars um, totally every single year. When we talk about the global luxury travel universe, that's worth over $2 trillion, at $2.05 trillion. So it's almost double the size of those industries, um, which is vast when you think about it, when you think about the massive impact Absolutely. Um, of, of, of consumer electronics and global fashion retail on the world, even though the, uh, the global car industry has a higher value um, in terms of its, 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 its um, uh, totals of sales value and revenue value every single year, it actually has a, a far smaller workforce. So the workforce for the, the global um, car industry is around 5.69 million people. We've been talking about... Um, a population of people involved just indirectly in the travel industry um, around the world. Um, and that's just working in hotels and airlines and transport services of 105.9 million people. So just those working directly in travel, never mind the people working in restaurants that rely upon tourists or that work in museums relying upon tourists, that 62 million group of people in the luxury travel ecosystem. There's a far greater risk um, and far greater employment market in the global luxury travel universe than there is in the global car industry. Right. And I think those numbers, I mean, I, I certainly didn't realize that before. And it's just a reminder of how those of us who work in the luxury travel industry and who support it to ha kind of have those numbers in the back of our head because our industry matters, right? Way more than, you know, even we might have realized before how many people it supports. So, and again, I mean, I guess the goal. Of course, our goal is is recovery as soon as we possibly can, as soon as restrictions are, you know, can be lifted and we can start boarding planes again. Of course, it'll be a slow recovery. Not all of the countries will come back at once. But, you know, I mean, I've always, of course, known the benefit of travel advisors to the luxury travel market. How do you think travel advisors will help bring the economy back? Well, I think that travel advisors are going to be obviously interacting with some of the wealthiest, um, you know, travelers in the world. And, and I think it's, it stands to reason that the, the early, the early adopters, as it were, of the new world that we're going to enter in after this is all over are, pre are almost guaranteed to be the, those with the deepest pockets, those who are going to go out after this is all over and say they need to go out traveling, they need to go around the world, whether that's for business or leisure, or usually a combination of the both if they're wealthy, high net worth individuals. And once that early wave of wealthy 
people are traveling again as they are fully expected to do because they have the deepest pockets and they're less concerned about the long-term economic consequences that everyone else is going to be. And that might sound unfair, but that's just the reality of the world we live in. They are going to actually be the ones that are the, the vanguard of the new, tra- the new travel world. Um, and they're also going to be taking their wealth to all these locations around the world that have been starved of this revenue uh, for so long. Um, when that happens, we don't yet know because it's, it's, we're still right in the middle of it. Um, but I think that the, the role of the advisors is pretty clear. Um, the role of the wealthy individuals, if I can come back to that point you raised about how important these individuals are and how important the luxury travel industry is, I think, and, and the luxury travel industry um, and, and its role in that, I think it's very easy from an outside perspective to dismiss luxury travel. Um, anything luxury, but particularly luxury travel, it's easy to dismiss that as something um, which happens to a very small group of people and is all about privacy and privilege, is all about hiding yourself away in suites and beachside um, villas and huts and enjoying it all on your own and not at all impacting or interacting with anything that's around you. There is a stereotypical view about luxury travel, which is that, and it's completely false because we know that the the wealthy are interested in these activities because we know from the data from WealthX that all these activities they're engaging in are top hobbies for the wealthy. So they will go around to local restaurants that are non-luxury. They will put money back into the local economy and and a significant amount of money. Um, And the other thing that we we need to remember as well is that this is a relatively small group, but they contribute a, a disproportionate amount to the spend in luxury and they're contributing around, you know, above a third of the amount, total amount that, that's, that's put towards flights and accommodation in the world, even though they only number around 22.8 million people out of a total population of 7.5 billion. So it is a very, very important industry. It is massive. And we need to remember that that wealth that's being taken by these very wealthy people all across the world, all these different locations is being put back into local economies, is enriching people that would otherwise potentially be unemployed, is, so is creating employment for people that look to provide services for people that want to visit their country. And it means that people can provide for themselves and can provide for their families as well. Um, so we, we can't just look at luxury travel as this, this idea of a privilege for just a few people and, and having no impact upon the world when we look at the employment numbers alone, we know that this has a huge impact on the rest of the world and a very positive one. Absolutely. I mean, it's so often seen as fluffy or not important or irrelevant. And as you've clearly laid out in your report and today, you know, that those numbers um, tell the whole story. I mean, there's just so, so many people who rely on travel, of course, but luxury travel in particular, because as you said, that small group of 228 million high net worth individuals provide a large percentage of luxury travel spend. So it's hugely important to our industry that we all support it. And and your report just lays it out so clearly. So thank you so much. And thank you very much for having me. Thank you so much for being with us today, Winston, and giving us this valuable insight about just how important the luxury travel industry really is. You can get more details and access to the report on ILTM.com. So now with this report and behind the scenes efforts, ILTM is working on the future and the inevitable recovery 
They are helping to show why the industry will survive and thrive, and they will continue to share research and PR support for all ILTM event exhibitors and partners. Again, if you need more information, head to ILTM.com. As we've talked about a lot today, people are the heartbeat of the luxury travel industry. We decided to ask some of our industry friends what the most important part of their day is right now and where they wanna travel when this is all over. For me, I always said I wished time would slow down with my 17-month-old daughter. And here it is, time has slowed down. I take her outside and I'm just with her as she walks around, eats dirt, points out dogs and airplanes in the sky. There are still a few. It is absolutely precious time. And yet I can't wait to take her on the train to Paris from London or up to Edinburgh. Here are some thoughts from our network of friends and colleagues around the world. Many of them made me tear up and I hope it provides comfort to all of you listening. Hello, I'm Alison Gilmore and I'm the Portfolio Director for ILTM. The thing that has surprised me most is how much I miss traveling. It is a big part of my role and something that I have to admit I've probably taken for granted. But what an absolute privilege it is to be able to travel for a living in an industry full of wonderful, like-minded people. I for one won't be taking that privilege for granted ever again. Hello everyone, uh, my name is Andrea Kracht and I'm the proprietor of the Barolac Hotel in Zurich, Switzerland. I'm also the chairman of the leading hotels of the world. I would go back to New York to visit my friends in New York, uh, um, which uh, um, undergoes a difficult time right now. So New York would be the first uh, city or place I would visit. Keep safe and take care. Hi everyone, this is Kara McGee from Zell Travel, and I'm recording this live from New York, right in the midst of all this COVID chaos. Truthfully, I don't even care. I am just so excited to go to JFK and see it buzzing again and you know, look at a departures board that's full. I don't care where I go next. Um, I just can't wait to get back on an airplane. My name is Ignacio Massa and I am part of the Signature Travel Network team. The favorite part of the day for me right now is getting up early and going for a long walk in Central Park at sunrise. This really helps me see the beauty of the world every single day and just reminds me that one day this too shall pass. Sending everybody my best wishes. I'm Tiffany Dowd, founder of Lux Social Media and Lux Tiffany. I think it's more important than ever to reach out and ask how people are doing. We may be isolated, but we're not alone. Hello, my name is Akash and my company's name is Luke Strott. I never imagined in, in this decade, in this century where science has progressed so much that we humans would not have an answer for this pandemic. The sheer scale of it, that it has crossed oceans and reached places where we would never have imagined, is really, really surprising. I hope it ends soon, and I look forward to traveling again. My name is Vera, and I'm recording this podcast from my travel agency in Avenida Paulista, in Sao Paulo. With all this, I was extremely surprised 
how well we can adapt to changes, how much we can do for others. I know many people are out there helping, making the best they can, and um, it's wonderful to see all this. I think we have to look at the positive side of things always. Hello everyone, this is Simon Mayle. I'm the event director of ILTN Latin America, North America, and Proud Experiences. What has surprised me most about this, I guess, it's how well everyone has reacted in a real crisis. Um, we talk about uh, crisis communications, we talk about major incident planning, um, but nobody was ever able to plan for such an incident and I think everyone uh, in, on it, in our industry has responded incredibly well to that. Hey y'all, this is Hazley Smith with Brownell Travel. I miss my travel friends and family so much. I hope you're all staying safe, keeping healthy and keeping occupied and I can't wait to see you all and give everyone a big hug. I'm gonna become a serial hugger after this is all said and done. My favorite part of the day is cocktail hour. I have had so much fun trying my hand at mixology with recipes from our favorite partners and hotels around the world. As far as I'm concerned, the Holy Grail will be the martini from the Milestone and I have had several false starts with that one, but hopefully by the end of this quarantine, I will prevail. I believe in me. I can't wait to see everyone, um, and I hope it is sooner rather than later and in real life and not with the weird gray glow of a Zoom conference call. I miss you all. Bye. Hi, I'm James Schillinglaw, Editor-in-Chief and Founder of Insider Travel Report. I was supposed to go to Vienna. I was supposed to go to London. I was supposed to go to Portugal. I'd like to go back to all of those destinations and more. I enjoy river cruising, I enjoy cruising, and I do hope that industry comes back strong. Hi, this is Susan Zerbin. I'm a virtuoso travel advisor with Power Travel in New York. When the travel gates open again, my first stop is Brooklyn so that I can hug my children. And then the five of us are racing off to JFK Airport to hop on a plane to go to Europe with stops in Italy, England, and Paris to see friends across the world. I am from Bombay Travel Arena. What has surprised me the most in this time is the resilience of people worldwide. I mean, we know people on professional platforms as friends, as colleagues, or uh, many, many different faces of the people that we know. But this is the time when we've seen a totally new face of every individual that we know, because every time we are communicating, just like this podcast, we are not communicating work. We are not talking to each other with any purpose in mind, but just the fact that are we okay? So the you know the humane values that people carry no matter who it is 
My name is Anthony Goldman. I am Managing Director of Goldman Travel Corporation. As soon as they say we can fly again, I'm just going to grab a suitcase and go to the airport. Um, don't care where I fly or what I do, but uh, I'll be one of the first to be at Melbourne International Airport ready to travel somewhere in the world. I'm Carol from the Adema in China. We hope the world will um, will be will be better and get back to normal as usual. Let's keep the world moving. Um, let's um, try our best to do it, and let's fight for that. And we can make it. I'm sure. Rob Carpier, I'm the founder and CEO of Miles Ahead, a luxury hospitality company based out of New York City. The first is Minneapolis. We have a small family, and I can't wait to go see my cousins, and my aunt, and uncle. It's been hard not seeing them, considering we had a whole trip planned for spring break that was canceled. And the second place is Florence, where I studied abroad, and I've actually planned a tentative trip for September. I can't wait to get back there and have all the charcuterie boards and the pasta and just the smell and the general everything about Florence is very special. My name is Judy Stein, and I'm with the Stein Collective, an affiliate of Ovation Travel. My husband and I will always make a delicious dinner every evening. We sit on our terrace and watch the sunset and look at the ocean. We are fortunate enough to be in Miami, so the views are wonderful, and it definitely calms our soul. Hello, my name is Alejandro Batallar, and I'm the vice president at Chao Wellness Clinic. What I would love to do when this is over will definitely be going to the sea. Um, we live in Madrid, so it's what uh, we miss the most. Uh, practicing water sports, uh, enjoying nature, eating healthy, fresh food. I believe we all gonna enjoy uh, all these little things in life much more after what we have experienced. Hi there, Penny Spencer from Spencer Travel in Sydney, Australia. Probably going and lying beside the pool with a margarita at Los Ventanas in Cabo in Mexico. That would definitely be my first choice. And probably the thing that surprised me the most about this time is my resilience, but also my vulnerability. Um, you know, it's tough and it's tough for us all, but we will get there. My name is Ali Kilpin, and I've been in the travel industry for some 40 years, and as an advisor at MTA Travel for the last 20. I'm actually looking forward to traveling to two places. Firstly, it'll be Italy. I need to reconnect and see for myself that it's recovered. It breaks my heart to see a country suffer so badly. I do believe it needs tourism to return as quickly as possible for it to fully recover. And secondly, it will have to be ILTM in Cannes. What an amazing show that is. We work in such a vibrant industry like no other. And for us all to come together and reconnect and establish new partnerships will be amazing. 
Thank you so much again to our friends for sending us recordings from all over the world. I can't wait to see all of you again. 